Legally Blonde, Suits, My Cousin Vinny. All badass lawyers, all different. Which begs the question, what type of lawyer do you want to be? Don't waste another second thinking, ugh, I don't even know what types of lawyers there are. Trust us, we've been there. Let's put a stop to that once and for all. Go take the 90-second quiz from new lawyer now what coach Angela Vorpal to give yourself a clear picture of the best fit type law for you. Go to www.whattypeoflawyerquiz.com and take the quiz today. Once you've taken the quiz, send us a DM on Instagram to let us know what type of lawyer you got. We can't wait to hear. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Ladies Who Law School podcast. I'm Haley. And I'm Sam. And we are here recording. Um, We have some questions that were asked to us by a listener. Um, They kind of just revolve around what we wanted to do, how how to know what you want to do, what kind of law specifically. Um, So, yeah, we're going to just dive right in. All righty. So the first question, because we got several about this topic was how important is it to know what kind of law you want to do when you're entering law school? So Haley, did you think it was important to know what kind of law you wanted to do before you came here? I would say no, because I mean, I definitely didn't know. And I feel like there's a lot to learn in law school. So, I mean, you don't need to pigeonhole yourself. I mean, it's good to have a certain idea, but yeah, I mean, I didn't really have an idea exact idea um I kind of told myself like oh maybe I'd like to do business or corporate but um I don't think it's really important because you do touch on almost every kind of law your first year like contracts towards you know everything I feel like your first semester is basically civil Mm -hmm. which is interesting because you might only have experience like the criminal side of law Or the judicial system. So then it boils down to transactional work, which is what you learn about almost your whole first year. Mm -hmm. Which is stuff that isn't like really well known. You know, I think that's why it is a foundation to law. And it's more like the administrative kind of like contract work and like what's right and wrong as a administrative lawyer, like, work in the sense of like business yeah exactly and how not administrative law but like no, 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 no. administrative like, work that has to yeah. go on like essentially like Behind paperwork the scenes, yeah like, that has to be filed and things have to be written up and spelled out yeah and whatever. like you might not even have known any of torts or civil procedure existed so like how were you supposed to know that that's what you wanted to do you know like it's valid to you know have an idea of what an attorney does but i don't think and and like you said earlier like most people have the criminal kind of experience Mm -hmm. maybe from like watching tv and i know a lot of people get it from media really because that's what's highlighted in the media is like the criminal kind of stuff cases yeah um and i think once you get to law school your first semester you kind of realize that it's um there's so much more yeah there's a lot more there's a lot of things that on the civil side of law so no i don't think it is super important to know what you want to do whenever you enter law school 
The next question we got was, did you have an idea of what you wanted to do? And then learning about other kinds of law made you change your mind. So I guess that's just kind of like going right back to what we were saying before, where you don't have to know what you want to do, but you're going to be exposed to a lot of different things while you're in law school in your first year. So it's a real possibility for it to change your mind based on some preconceived notion that you had before you entered law school. Like, I don't think it's a bad thing if it changed your mind, though. Yeah. I mean, like I said before, I thought of doing, like, business and corporate, which is transactional yeah, pretty much. Um, but I think since I've gotten to law school, my first semester I was really into, like, torts. And I was like, oh, I'll just, like, do personal injury or, you know, one of those things. And then semester went on and then I really liked contracts, but I didn't want to do that all the time. And then this semester started and I kind of started getting into more criminal, um, you know, maybe working like also when I went to the public defender's office mm-hmm. and we started meeting people, I think that's, that also like shapes the way you yeah. think about things. So I, I think, think it's, it's like going to be tra- changing the whole time I'm here. Probably. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's just going to constantly ebb and flow. Like, it's not a bad thing. I think being a lawyer can mean and look a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. So, um, I think that law school will totally change and shape, like, what you end up doing, especially right when you get out. I think you'll do some internships and externships during law school that'll probably also, like, teach you a few things about the law, like, in real life, Mm -hmm. you know? Because, I mean, it's one thing to love criminal, criminal procedure, but if you don't get to see that in the courtroom, like... You, you know, you might not ever really know what it's applicable and be like actually mm-hmm. something you can do. You know, I think, um, you have to keep an open mind yeah. to everything. I know that I pretty much decided I don't want to be sitting at a desk all day looking at papers. And that's why I've kind of changed and shifted my, um, goals, I would mm-hmm. say. So I think it's different for everybody. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, the next question we got was, do you think it's good or bad to emphasize an interest in a specific area of law on your application, specifically your personal statement? No, I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, I definitely think it shows that you have some idea of what you want to do. I think it speaks to the fact that you probably understand what law school is going to look like a little bit better and that you have experience or that ambitions to go that certain way like i said before though don't pigeonhole yourself Mm -hmm. because you don't want to think like oh i'm gonna do this i think that and this is probably one of the biggest things with these subjects intellectual property sports um and then being like criminal versus civil you know i think that those are people are like very apt on these things and i'm sure there's other ones out there that i can't think of but those are the first ones that come to mind. And I think like, okay, yeah, all those things are great, but you don't want to be unemployed after you pass the bar. So what are you going to do to make, you know, make ends meet? So I think sometimes like, you know, you're not going to become a sports agent right overnight. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to have to do some kind of groundwork to like get those skills. So Mm. I don't know. It's just interesting to like, Think about all of that and think about how, like, yeah, I do want to do sports and that is my specific interest, but, like, how am I going to make everything come to light, you know, and, Mm -hmm. like, make money, basically. I didn't put what specific law I wanted to put on 
like work in my in my personal statement just because I wasn't sure and I'm still not like a hundred percent sure. But I do know people that do and it it's I mean, I don't think it hurts, but also like if you're not an expert or like you can't just like throw it out there that in the middle of your personal statement, like, oh, I'd really like to be a public defender and then just, like, not really have a story about it. Like, yeah, you could talk about how much you want to be, et cetera, like, whatever you want to be, but if you don't have a story that kind of ties into why you want to do that, I think, because the personal statement, if we're just going to touch on that for a second, it's really, like, telling the admissions people, like, who you are and, like, why you'd be an asset uh-huh. To them. So if that like relates back to your interests or a specific area of law, then you absolutely put it in mm-hmm. there. But if it doesn't, like like you're saying, don't just it's not going to make them throw it like, in there. Admit you just because you said you want to. I don't know. Work for a corporation. It, it, it doesn't really. Yeah, they want to know like more that. about you. You for know. Sure. Um. So the last question that we got was during one L year. Do people get involved in lots of clubs or extracurriculars? Um, they have said, seems like you don't have any free time, so do people usually wait to get involved until 2L, and what would be your recommendation? Interesting question. <laughs> um, our contracts teacher told us, like, if you're a really introverted person, you know, go to the career fair and just promise yourself you'll join one club your one all year and like do something at least go to like one meeting you know but if you're a really extroverted person then only pick one club and only go to that one and it's really ironic because even after he told us that we we all went and took like seven flyers from all these different clubs and like yeah we wanted to join them all but like it's so true you don't have any free time and They'll offer it during lunch sometimes and different things like that. Like um, meetings, they'll have their meetings during lunch. So, And they'll offer food. So that's like obviously enticing to go. But, you know, there's not a lot of money to go around in law school. So it's kind of like you have to pick which one you like the best. So that's my recommendation. Like join one. I know Texas Legal Society. We even went to the Hispanic Legal Society, Corporate Law. Like those are all ones that we found really interesting. Um, I don't even know, like we only paid the dues for like one. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like the one that we committed to, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think we were a little ambitious when yeah. we went to the, uh, the club fair, um, because they all seemed like really interesting. And mm-hmm. of course we, if we had the time, we probably would be more involved. Yeah. Um, but they do recommend like, like you said, pro- do one. I mean, I know last semester we probably went to just a handful of meetings and yeah. then towards when things got busier it was really hard to keep up because it's like an hour of your I mean not all the time but it can be like up to an hour of your time and like time is valuable during the day when you're in law school but I think we've made an effort this year a little bit to kind of go to some meetings and next year when we have more time I'm sure yeah we will and I know that's how a lot of people get like elected is they'll go to like the last meeting of the year and there'll only be like five people there. And so they're like, okay, well, guess we're president and you're VP. Like. Yeah. And treasurer and so on. So, I mean, I definitely think that it's good to do, like I said, find something that you're interested in, get to know those people. You know, you don't have to go to everything at first, but find somewhere that you would want to join for 2L when you ever, when you do want to get more involved. I think a great time to start getting involved is probably your second semester of 1L year because a lot of these clubs have, um, 
like events and people come and talk to them. So if you're like in corporate law, they might have like a corporate lawyer come and talk to mm-hmm. you guys. Like we obviously haven't yeah. attended one of those because I don't think we've been back to the corporate law yeah. meeting at all. But like for the Texas Legal Society, we went to a meeting and they talk about like the bar exam for people who mm-hmm. want to take the Texas bar. So like the information that you get by going to these meetings is pretty valuable. But like I said, it's probably more valuable when you're leading into the summer and looking for jobs and like yeah. starting to know what you're doing with your life. Yeah, exactly. So thanks again to our listener, Beshmitty. Maybe Beck. I think her name Beck is Becca. Yeah. Oh, okay. So shout out to Beck Schmitty for uh, asking us these questions. We hope this helps. Um, now we're going to do a little legal lady highlight about new segment. Yeah. Because whoop, whoop. it's international women's month. Um, this Sunday is international women's day. So March 8th is international women's day. Um, we're going to talk about the three female Supreme Court justices and just kind of, you know, tell you who they are, where they went to law school, and a little bit about their career. Um, there's three females out of nine now. That's so cool and exciting. Um, I think it's pretty cool in the sense that in 2019, the career Barbie was a judge, and it said on the back, you know, you can do all these things, and if you're honest and fair and true, you can be a judge too, you know? So that's the ultimate and highest court in the United States, and they're the female lady. So the probably most well-known Supreme Court justice is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, RBG. Um, she was born in 1933. I think that that's just like crazy so to think she's about. 86 years old. 86 this year in March. Um, she took... She was appointed by Bill Clinton, and mm, it says Jimmy Carter. Ooh, was she? That's a, here. It let's. says Judge for the United States Court of. Oh, okay. So she was appointed by Jimmy Carter for the Court of Appeals, uh-huh. and then Bill Clinton. Well, yes, so that makes sense. To think about it. Like yeah. today, we went and saw the Court of Appeals. She worked her way up. You know, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Yep. So, but before that, prior to being appointed, she had argued multiple times in front of the Supreme Court. I mean, that's why people know who she is. But where'd she go to law school? She, okay, so her story's kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know if anyone out there has watched her documentary, but it's, it's, good. it's good. And it definitely like talks about it a little bit. So she went to Cornell for her bachelor's and then went to Harvard for her JD, where she met her husband who ended up moving to New York to become a tax lawyer. So then she transferred to Columbia. Easy. (laughs) Yeah, like, same, girl, you know? But, I mean, it's RBG. Like, what can we say? You know, she's the top of the top. Um, She was one of the few only women in her class, you know? It's been rumored in all the documentaries and movies and books that she has out that they were like, how do you feel about taking the place of a man? Like, she's truly a trailblazer for women Mm -hmm. and i think sometimes people can be hard on her and i think that there are a lot of interesting things that she's probably argued for in her career against the supreme court people pull those out but it's just a different time and like we've all made mistakes just like i was saying about presidential candidates right like Mm -hmm. we all make bad votes and we do bad things in our policy decisions so it's interesting to you know see people sometimes talk about that um what i thought was interesting that she was a civil procedure professor, 
before shout out you know all of this so she worked at rutgers and then columbia so yeah we'll be right back hey guys we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers audible yes Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries. And guess what? We've got a special treat for you. Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime. Speaking of thrillers, I know you're currently hooked on Never Lie by Frieda McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go. And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management. What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go, whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing. So if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer. That's so cool. I mean, can you imagine like being like, oh yeah, I, a Supreme Court justice was my teacher at some point. Like, that's just crazy to me. Um, oh, and um, she also moved to Oklahoma at some point in her life. Shout out. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. So she's, so the notable points in her career, obviously she is a Supreme Court justice. She was on the criminal or uh, the civil court of appeals but in the 70s, she argued a very interesting case. Okay, so her husband was a tax lawyer, and he said, essentially brought it to light that there was a statute discriminating against a man. And she just knew, okay, this is my time to shine, right? <laughs> like, not only was it, it turned everything that she had been arguing for for women's rights on its head and also showed how men can be discriminated too, and it's real and it's prevalent and it actually hurts one. So I think that it's cool to acknowledge her in the sense that she changed the way we write statutes so they're not gender biased. Mm-hmm. And that's just like a really yeah. interesting idea. That I mean, we probably don't, we take for granted now. Yeah. In 2020. Sure. Like, in the 70s, 50 years yeah, ago, I like, that was think, way different. Women were we so can, different. We really comprehend, like, how many how many rights we have now as back then, because, like, we weren't around, obviously, but... Yeah. I and just, like, it's, okay, 50 years ago, like, that seems like not a lot of time, and then at the same time, it's, like, a lot has changed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Our second Supreme Court justice might be less familiar, but also an amazing woman, is Sonia Sotomayor. She was appointed by Barack Obama in 2009. What? That's crazy. And she is the first Hispanic and Latina justice. 
That is so cool. I mean, I think we have a woman talking about 86-year-old, you know, RBG, and now we have our first Hispanic female justice. That's so cool. But if you think about it, um, what's kind of crazy is that that was 11 years ago that she's been appointed. I know. It's not that long. it's, it's, It's not that long, but in our lifetime, it's long you know yeah it's we've only been crazy. alive for like 20 something years so yeah it is crazy. half our life yeah. basically yeah so a little bit about sonia um she was born in the bronx of new york city to puerto rican parents that's where she gets her latina from she graduated from princeton university and received her JD from Yale. I wonder if she was in school when our teacher for contracts was at Yale. Because <gasps> he said... Okay, so 79. she graduated from 79 and he said he was clerking in 79. Well, he had to have been. We should totally so, ask Yeah, we this. should... T- we'll get back to you guys on that one. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> but, I mean, he had, he's talked about her before. Mm-hmm. I mean, and surely he's gone to... He went to law school with, like crazy who knows crazy like yeah wow okay and she was editor she was editor of her law journal which is really cool i think obviously you know everyone wants the law review law journal be published (laughs) you know yeah so in her career though she was an assistant district district attorney in new york um she did that for four years before she entered private practice um she worked on a lot of different boards um, she definitely kept ties to her Puerto Rican roots. And then... Okay, so <laughs> in the early 90s, she was appointed in New York by George H.W. Bush. She's, yeah, she was nominated. And then she was nominated to the Court of Appeals, Second Circuit, by Bill Clinton. And then she was finally appointed to the Supreme Court by... Barack Obama after George W.'s um, presidency. So, and it was after the retirement of Justice, just, um, excuse me, it was after the re- retirement of Justice, Justice Souter. Interesting. All very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think um, one of the cool things about her is that she came from such like a lower end. Especially at the time, like, having graduated in 79, like, that kind of puts into perspective, like, what, like, women in general, like, weren't probably going to law school as much back then as they are now. Yeah, I mean, it's probably just, like, being Latina. It's probably, like, steadily gone up. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, think about it. RBG came from, like, a really probably well-off white family. 20 years later, we have this Puerto Rican aired person right mm-hmm. I mean, what would you say like that's her she, descent this yeah. yeah you know she's her parents are puerto rican and she lives in new york so i mean living in new york is going to be helpful in that time mm-hmm. period anyways but she takes it all for what she can have and ends up at princeton and yale like come on that's yeah that's insane i i think people don't realize like how much of an accomplishment it is to like graduate from an Ivy League, yeah. especially for law school. Like it's insane. Our teacher who graduated from Yale is well, I actually have two teachers who went to Yale, but they're just insanely smart. Yeah, they really are. And obviously she was uh, you know, appointed to multiple federal judges. I mean, that's just like Yeah. She's just a boss. That's that's like the cream of the crop, you know. That's what you always want to be is nominated to 
be in a federal court or work in a federal court or clerk for a federal judge. Mm-hmm. People who go to Yale, that's what they yeah. get, you know? It's really exciting and jealous. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Yale, if you're listening. Shout out. Um, our last justice is Elena Kagan. So she was born, let's see, it's compared to Sonia Sotomayor. So she was born six years after her. So they're kind of in the same generation, mm-hmm. right? But they both went to Princeton. Oh, classic. And uh, she went to Harvard instead of Yale. So it's kind of a little competition there. Um, she clerked for a federal judge and the Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall. Oh. Same. Yeah. <laughs> what I thought was interesting about her is that she was the first dean of Harvard Law School that was a female. Wow. That's really cool. I mean, especially because we're female and legal ladies highlighting them right now. Like, that's huge, mm-hmm. you guys. Like, I think us, like, being where we are now at law school and, um, like, today, for example, we went to a criminal appeal court and we, you know, watched the oral argument and then we got to talk to the judge and he kind of showed us around for a little bit and... I mean, he was just so on top of it, educated. You could tell, just tell like how hard he probably had worked to get to this, like his point. And he's, you know, a judge for the court of appeals. So I can just imagine like to be chosen to be like Supreme court justice. Like that's, it's, it's unfathomable, like how difficult and like how hard you have to work to get to that point. Yeah. I mean, you're just like one of the smartest people, like ever <laughs> yeah you like know? no joke like not even like yeah. saying like oh they're just so, like it's true <laughs> like they're going to harvard and yale like they're going to ivy leagues i think people don't always like to give the credit that they deserve or you know take it back from them like oh they just think they're so cool but like they've gotten there for a reason you know yeah they're very smart individuals she was also born in new york city just like sonia sotomayor which i think is kind of just interesting right like these women grew up in the north East, mm-hmm. but also, well, luckily for them, like New York City is such a diverse and um, progressive city, and it has so many like options. So, like, yeah. educational options. The Ivies are all up there. Like, I think them growing up in a city like New York City probably gave them a better chance. Yeah, than maybe people somewhere else because of how like that's the city is just so progressive. Like a lot of places, I'm sure, wouldn't have been like encouraging women to necessarily go to law school yeah you know and like it's more progressive like Mm -hmm. you're saying like yeah i totally get it um so her first thing that she did out of law school was she was a law clerk of course um for the united states court of appeals in dc she was just like recommended by so many people how so many people liked her that's how she ended up clerking for their go marshall on the supreme court like she was a clerk for the supreme court like that's insane she even worked at the University of Chicago, which is also like a T14 school. So, and it says that's where she met Barack Obama and they became friends. And then just the rest is history. The rest is history. I mean, she's relatively new. She was appointed in 2010. Mm-hmm. So a year after. So she's been like 10 years. And remember, this is like a lifetime gig. So yeah. <laughs> you're going to be seeing her for a while. She's only 59. Yeah. And it's really cool just because... These are two younger females who are more along the lines of our parents' age who are going to be like RBG in the next 30 years. I mean, they technically have 30... She has 30 years on them. That's Mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. 
That's that so is cool. crazy. But um, we just thought it'd be cool to kind of highlight these like women because it's international women's history month yeah and of course the supreme court is constantly shaping history and you know to have three women who went to law school were lawyers were da's etc like it's just nice to look up to because you know you could be doing that one day too exactly and that's what we want to give you guys advice and you know something to keep you going on those hard times because you just never know where you could end up, and hard work pays off, and that's all that really matters. Yep, I agree. So with that, we're going to wrap it up. Um, thanks, you guys, as always, for listening. Um, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to ask. We love answering them, and we love hearing from you guys. Um, our Instagram is Ladies Who Law School Podcast, and we also have a Facebook page that you can like. And don't forget to rate and subscribe or even leave us a little comment on iTunes because that's really helpful for us. So Yeah, and we love five stars. Yes, five stars only. So <laughs> you've made it this far. We have a huge announcement. PSA. We've been working really, really hard on some merch because you guys have messaged us and commented and asked for it. But um we want to kind of incentivize um, a little competition. We want to incentivize a competition. Uh, a giveaway, as one may say. Yeah. Okay, hold on. We want to give a little teaser out. If you, Like we said, if you've listened this far, we'd love to give you some merch for free. For free. So if you have listened this far, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And then screenshot it, screenshot it, and then send it to us via DM slash email. Obviously, our email is um, on our Instagram page, or you can just DM us on Instagram, and you'll be entered to win. And it could be you. We don't know how many we're going to give away. There's stickers, there's mugs, there's shirts, there's sweaters, there's phone cases. Leave us some reviews and get some free merch. Another way you can enter the contest, if it is not the review, is that you can listen to the pod screenshot it and put it on your story and tag us in it and that'll count as a enter as well yeah bye thanks guys bye